Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. I want to welcome you to the third week of our series entitled Empowered. I want to welcome those that are watching in a video venue here at the Keller campus, all of you watching online or maybe someone who might watch this message later. Would you put your hands together and welcome all those that are joining us? We started this series with this thought, and that is that this year, I began to pray about you, began to think about all the recent events of our lives of the previous year, and I thought about how frustrating it is sometimes when we find ourselves in situations where we want to see something change, but we're a little bit frustrated because we really don't have the power to affect certain things sometimes in life. It's just life is kind of happening. And I know for many of us in the previous year, there were these different variables and situations and we felt a little bit inadequate a lot of times, which heightened our level of frustration. As I began to pray as we went into our prayer and fasting time at the first of the year and prepare, I just felt God really nudging me to share with you that there is something that we can steward in moments where there's so much we can't. And that is that we can grow ourselves. See, we're learning in this series that there's a big part of our lives that When we give our heart and life to Jesus, we simply just say yes and surrender. He does all the saving. And the truth is, how we change, how we grow, how we develop is all about what he does in our lives. But there's this area, a big theological term called sanctification that we participate in. So we have this opportunity to have as much of God as we desire. We have this opportunity to begin to invite him into our lives in in a way that is everyday, a way that is experiential and not just cerebral. And so I began to pray about that and we've talked about several subjects this year. I actually did something I've never done before and outlined for you a year of growth. Here's some ways that I believe we can grow and I was really excited about this series because I believe that it's an area of the nature and the character of God that we are fairly underdeveloped in. I know for me that when I began to understand that the Holy Spirit is not just a concept, it's not just a description, but the Holy Spirit is a person to be experienced. When you begin to experience what God is doing in your life, it begins to really change you. And so I know for me, that's been some moments in my life where I really grew, so I wanted to share this series with you. And so we've been talking about this idea of being empowered by the Spirit. Our theme verse has been Acts 1-8. It's important because it's very central to the whole story of Jesus. Jesus is the central figure of the entire Bible. And before he ascends to heaven, talk about last words, he tells his disciples, I want you to go wait in Jerusalem. And he says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to receive this power, empowered. Who couldn't use a little bit more empowerment in their lives? He says, you're going to need this power. 
Go wait for it. And what will happen is it's not just power for you to say, hey, I've got more power than you or to make you arrogant or prideful or make it about you. No, 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 it's for a purpose. It's so that you'll be witnesses so that the Holy Spirit, the Jesus you're experiencing, someone else can experience as well in your life. Now that's not just some random person, it can be, but it's also your spouse, it's your children, it's your grandchildren, it's the people in your life that you love, it's your friends. And so the Holy Spirit comes into our life experientially so that people can interact with this great and majestic and powerful God in our lives. He literally flows through us, very powerful thing. So we talked the first week about Jesus' description of the Holy Spirit. I realize when you say the word Holy Spirit, there are people that have all these ideas and you have experiences, good or bad or other things that you've experienced, but we let Jesus describe to us the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. And last week we learned that Jesus doesn't just save us through the power of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit also comes upon us experientially so that we have this power. And this week I wanna talk about something that I believe every single person listening to me deals with. And that is, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Well, what do you do, which happens to all of us, when you need direction and you don't really know where to find it? And you've asked every expert you know, but you just find that no one can really give you any real calibrating and clear direction in life. How do you make good decisions? Our, our lives are the sum total of the decisions that we make. How do you find the right information to make a great decision? How do you, how do you know how to influence and, and give the right advice and counsel to the people that you're responsible for and to? We all find ourselves at a place where we're like, look, I don't make a very good captain of my own ship. You do know that is the American religion. The American religion is not some ism, it's not some, when you study world religions, it's not some religion with a name on it. The main religion of America is, I actually believe I am God. I make my own rules, I make my own way, I do it my way, I set my own course until me being the captain of the ship just isn't working out real good. Then we look for direction. We look for leadership in our lives. We look for someone to tell us, okay, how do I get from here to there? And so the good news is the Holy Spirit will lead you. I wanna talk to you this week. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter eight. I'm gonna start in verse four. I wanna talk to you in this Holy Spirit series about how to be led by the Spirit. How to be led by the Spirit, not led by your experiences, not led by your past, not led by your brokenness, not led by your own ideas, not led by your feelings, but to be led by the Spirit. You may not know this, but that's normative in the Bible. It's supposed to be a normal occurrence for those of us who are followers of Christ. So it's not some out-of-the-box thing, though I believe, and if I'm transparent with you this week, sometimes when you're working on messages, you know, sometimes you just go through a lot of paper. And I have to tell you, this week, I throw that away. 
what is that? Okay, just grappling, you know. I mean, Thursday, switching stuff up, and it's just like, there's just sometimes getting it done is not good enough. Because I believe, and I kind of surveyed several people this week, what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? It seems kind of nebulous. It seems kind of like, I, I know it's important, but I don't know how to break it down. What does it look like to be led by the Holy Spirit? Once again, here, here's the good news. The Holy Spirit leads. That's what he does. Jesus said he'll guide you. He'll, he'll be your guide if you'll let him. So if that's one of the normal attributes of the Spirit, and we're to be led by the Spirit, why, if we're really honest, do we struggle a little bit with, what does that really look like in my life? How do I, how do, I do that? So I just kind of myself, just, 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 just struggling through it. Sometimes it's just a, Lord, I wanna make this practical and I'm learning myself in the process and what does that look like? Led by the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says you'll have power, you'll be witnesses. I love to show you every week, we're seeing this happen in display in our church over the last several weeks, I've seen more transformations, more baptisms, more authentic people coming to know Christ than I have in 27 years of ministry, just seeing God move in our church right now in an amazing way. We had another one of those this week. We had almost 300 students go to high school camp. 17 students gave their heart and life to Jesus Christ. That's a place to celebrate. That's a place to celebrate. Those are future moms and dads. Anybody can get on a blog and talk about how bad young people are today. This is the answer. Introducing them to Jesus. Introducing them to the word of God. Introducing them into how to be led by the Holy Spirit so that they can now lead out in their lives, not as the captain of their own ship, but the Holy Spirit leading them. That's the solution to the problems that pain us and the things going on in our world. Now, I not only was struggling through a message with you, but I needed the leading of the Holy Spirit this week because a big challenging event happened in the little household, so I had to be the spiritual leader. We had to put our dog down. Kingston, he's part of the family. Come on, we fall in love with these little creatures, don't we? So he's my, my daughter, Lainey Kate. Really, we bought him for my son, but he was Lainey Kate's dog, really, okay? So he, he slept with her from the time she was three, he was in her bed every night, right? So let's just say there was some, I had to employ all of my pastoral counseling skills this week. Anybody know what I'm talking about? She got on FaceTime, she was at grandma's, she was just talking to him on FaceTime, telling him how awesome he was, and you know, everybody's crying and all that good stuff. And then we went through a little bit of a grieving process, and then as we went into the week, Lainey Kate shifted into the leading of the Holy Spirit through her voice to tell dad, dad, we gotta get another dog. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I mean, it's just times you just don't pray about it. You just, yes, we are. Then higher level skill is when, like you go to the grocery store when you're hungry, is when she got on the list of the rescue dogs. Dad, and she's, oh, he's so cute. He, yeah, but he's a puppy, but he's cute, but puppies grow up, baby doll, okay. Then a day later, she found one, Dodger. Dad, this is Dodger. I was like, well, let's, 
let's see what the Holy Spirit's saying about that. And I looked up Dodger's profile and it says he's sort of potty trained. God's not leading us that way, he's not. That's not the leading of the Holy Spirit. He's, he's trying, they're trying to break him of it, but he counter serves. We're gonna dodge Dodger, okay? We're dodging him. Somebody will love Dodger, but we're, we're not being led that direction, okay? But how many of you know it's not always just in that realm of something in your life or family? Sometimes it's, it's real serious issues where you're looking for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Big decisions, anchor moments, marriage, family, crisis, trouble, challenge, and you feel more confident when you're being led well. When you feel lost, you feel insecure, you, anxiety at an all-time high in our culture, I don't believe it's the only reason, but I believe part of it is the American religion is failing us. Because if I'm the captain of my ship and realize I don't have the ability to captain it, I get real insecure about that at some point in life. And so there's big decisions and you're looking for direction and, and it's like, how does that happen? It's one of my marriage challenges. Not only when my wife and I are in the car, the air is a, is a challenge. She wants it hot. I mean, it's summer and she's got the heater on. How does that work? But anyway, so we have that, but then she's also supposed to be my navigator. And so she gets on the little app. We don't have the maps anymore. And she just, but the thing is, God love her. She's just a sweet, sweet, awesome person. And she's in this service, by the way, so I'm not, I'm gonna be very careful here. Um, but she'll type in the name of the address, but not always pay attention to the detail of what the address is. And sometimes it's the same address, like if we were going to Oklahoma, there might be the same address in Austin, but she's so belief-centered, she types it in and pushes go. Now the lady's talking to me, but I don't trust her. <laughs> the lady on there is telling me, go here, go there. So I'm always saying, let's pull it in a little bit and look at the overview. Because I think we're headed south, and I'm not a smart man. But you can't get to Oklahoma driving south, if you know what I'm saying. So that lady's lying right now. You know, some of us are led a little easier than others. But we need direction, and we need confidence, and I want us to look at how this works. I told you to turn to Romans, but this series has also been kind of a study in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a description of the first Christians experiencing the Holy Spirit. And so we've been looking all through the book of Acts. We looked at Acts 2 when the Holy Spirit came down on all people and we've looked at the disciples and their interactions and we've looked at several different places. There's another big character in Acts that we haven't talked about. His name is Paul. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was a huge figure in the story of the birthing of the church, but he started out as a person who was persecuting and killing Christians, and he had a radical encounter with Jesus where he was just totally blown away and commits himself to Christ, has this big moment, but then there's not only just his moment with Jesus, but also the Holy Spirit talks to Ananias and says you need to go talk to this guy and you need to pray for him. Now, that's a big call by the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine the guy who kills Christians you're supposed to go pray for? It's like, 
okay, I can imagine that interaction. He goes and prays for Paul. He's filled with the Spirit. The scales fall from his eyes. And one of the things I'm amazed about in Acts, by the way, several places where, and this is available to us, the Spirit, there's, there's these missionary journeys where the Apostle Paul is planting churches and, and advancing the kingdom of God, and it would say the Spirit hindered them, or the Spirit stopped them from going here, or the Holy Spirit kept them from going there and preaching. The Holy Spirit would not allow them. So I, I know you might look at that and go, well, that's Paul. You know, it's like he's like, you know, this big figure in the Bible, and, you know, I, I'm kind of doing more ordinary things. But did you know if you'll Put yourself in a place to be in tune with what the Holy Spirit is saying. Why? Because he's a guide and he's a communicator. I believe there's much more direction. There's a lot more direction available to us in everyday life. I mean, he he may stop you from moving into that business deal. He may hinder you from going here and say, go here. Are we open to that kind of leading? The Apostle Paul in the book of Romans, chapter eight, that I told you to turn to, a very powerful section of scripture, some of the most encouraging uh, scriptures in the whole Bible. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We don't have to live condemned once we know Christ, we can be set free. We've got several hundred people in our freedom process right now. I think this series is on time for that. If you haven't been through freedom, you need to make it a priority to go through that process. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you know the freedom that's available to you in Christ? It's also where we find that passage of scripture that he works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But tucked in the middle of that, he talks about what we're led by, how we're directed. Interesting set of passages here in verse four. It says, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. What the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. And he says something in verse 14 that should make all of us confident in the promise of God that we can be led by the Spirit. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. If you receive Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you, and it says, if you're now his child, one of the promises and attributes of his children is we're led by the Spirit of God. Now, all of us, again, have different personalities when it comes to making a decision or going in a certain direction. We all know the person who never wants to make a bad decision. They're just, you, you may be that person who's just locked up to go, I need all the facts, I need all the figures, I need every little thing, I don't wanna make a bad decision. Oh, 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 don't look at your neighbor. I see some of you bumping, bumping elbow, and that's you, that's you, that's you. Of course, there's others of us, it's like, we have three business ideas and when new, we started something new you know, every week, but we don't follow through with anything. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Just kind of, well, is the spirit leading? I just kind of go wherever. There's others of you, you're like, yeah, I also am a person who used to be a little bit more confident, but I've had some pain because I was led in the wrong direction and that past hurt has me a little bit paralyzed as to how should I make decisions. Let's break down what the Apostle Paul says here for just a minute. Let me put it in a graph here, okay, for you, just so you can see it. He basically says we can be led by three main areas. First of all, the flesh. 
You can be led by what the flesh desires. What is that? You have no guide. You just are all feelings. It's if I feel good about it, then I'm gonna do it. Your feelings can lead you astray. In pastoral counsel with people, I can't tell you how many people who have made bad decisions and the whole anchor behind the reason they made the decisions is, I deserve to be happy. Well, you might be, if you're led by the flesh, temporarily sort of soothed by a false happiness, but you will not have long-term contentment because the flesh will lead you the wrong way. No God, all feelings, we do what comes natural, we do what the culture does. We follow human reason and human logic. This is challenging, I don't believe you have to get a lobotomy to follow the Bible, we worship God with our minds, and this Bible can stand up to intellectual critique but you will find this, there are a lot of things that seem like they are reasonable to you and logical to you that don't align with the spirit. The second thing is the law, we follow the rules. We like to be in control, we want to know where we stand, we do what makes us feel better than everyone else and so it's like I've got all the rules and I have the law so I'm gonna work really hard in my own strength to do what is right expecting that God is a formula and really actually falsely believing that we can actually in our own strength keep all the rules and everything's gonna be great. You call that religion. Religion is where you know the rules, but you don't have a relationship with the Spirit to actually live any of the things you believe. That, that's, that's religious activity. That's not what the Holy Spirit is describing. The Spirit leading us is where we predetermine to say yes to what he asks. We trust God. We believe God can do things we can't do. We believe his version of life is better than the one we can create in and of ourselves. I've used this analogy for years. I wanna offer it to you. You're like, how do you get there? I'm so far from that place. Here, here's another cup water illustration, okay? When you're led by the flesh, you're putting dirt in your cup and a lot of times you don't know it. You're just putting the dirt of the world, the dirt of culture, the dirt of what you got off the internet, the dirt of your past experience, the dirt of what you feel like, and temporarily you just kinda don't notice it, but what happens over time if you're led by the flesh, it, it just makes everything dirty. The, the marriage, the relationships, the family, it just led by the flesh just taints and kills. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy and he taints it. But if you're led by the law so many times, you think, well, what I need to do is, I need to dig out this stuff in my life. I need to turn over a new leaf. I need to change, I need to do this. I need to make this happen. So we actually believe that we have the power to dig all the bad things out of our lives. And again, with the human religion of me being God, I really believe that I have the ability to make that happen in my own life through my own willpower until willpower fails us and it always does. Some of the people that are the hardest to reach are not pure lost people, they're religious people who tried it in their own flesh and believe that it doesn't work but they never did it Jesus' way. They never did it Jesus' way. Jesus says, and Paul says to us, just begin to engage with the Spirit of God and what happens is over time, you replace the passion you have for those things with passion for him, and he begins to flush those things out of your life. And I promise some of you this, if you'll start being led by the Spirit, you'll look up. I'm talking about growth. Six months, a year, you'll be like, I'm a different person. 
And it's not I'm a different person because I decided to just do different and turn over a new leaf. I just began to engage with the Spirit of God and I can't believe how much I've changed. And here's where real power happens. When you're led by the Spirit, you go, I don't want to continue to live and pursue what the flesh desires. That's where holiness comes in. You don't sanctify yourself by your own ability. The Holy Spirit changes you. And you become a different person. Now, I wanna take our last few moments and break this down. Yeah, if y'all wanna clap, go ahead. I mean, I wrote three messages for you this week, so y'all can clap at this one. Come on now. How are we led by the Spirit? Because if I ask most common everyday people or even Christians who've been in church, how are you led by the Spirit? Let's break it down. Here's the things I believe the Bible teaches us. First of all, you have to cultivate the right environment. I think a lot of people think that led by the Spirit is special people, you know? It's like they have this sort of maybe mystical understanding or maybe they're just into spiritually in tune in a unique way or a different way. It's like led by the Spirit. I don't even know how to get my hands on that. It's like does somebody, Pastor Jeff, you're saying you invite the Holy Spirit into your home and you invite the Holy Spirit into your life. Like are you, do you have like a special like preacherly ability or something, you know? Like the first staff retreat we took as a church, we moved here to plant the church, we didn't have any money. We took, uh, we found somebody in the church who had a condo in Arkansas. We had four staff or whatever and we're gonna stay there, we're gonna have some, eat out a little bit and you know, study and plan on how we're gonna, you know, have this church that reaches people and builds lives, you know. (laughs) We got there and everybody's kinda unpacking and I went over to the table in the living room and. You know, it, it, it had like a doily on it, and it was old, but anyway. And uh, it, it, it had a telephone. Some of you young people don't know what that, we used, we used to have those in our house. Like they had like a line and a cord, and anyway, it was a real thing. And underneath it, it had a phone book. We used to have those too. Phone book, had numbers, people's names in it and stuff. In the back, it had yellow pages, like you would look and see the marketing ads and stuff in there. And so I, I thought, man, I'm gonna kind of see about this area and see about this place. And I said, well, I wonder what churches are doing here. Flipped over to the churches section and there was a huge ad said, Holy Ghost Headquarters. The church was called the Holy Ghost Headquarters. I went back in the room, I said, guys, we're, we're not gonna be able to plan our church. We've lost before we started. The Holy Ghost is headquartered in Arkansas. (laughs) If you're from Arkansas, God forgive you, but it's just, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, he can't be headquartered in Arkansas, okay? I mean, so. (laughs) I think some of us think it's like, oh, Pastor Jeff, you got the Holy Spirit cooped up over at your house and headquartered, no. If you cultivate the right environment, the Holy Spirit shows up in environments. This may be a crazy statement to you. He's not moving and working everywhere all the time. He has the ability to because he has all power. And sometimes he will invade us, arrest us, show up. But the normative way in the Bible, most of the time the way he works is conducive environments. So we learned the first week you can grieve him. Ephesians 4 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not grieve him. Some of you that came from Holy Ghost headquarters environments, you think, well, that's when they stopped the worship too soon. They're just not letting the spirit move. No, 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 no. Let's make sure we read the Bible in context. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, 
brawling, slander. Like, quit posting on the internet stuff about people that you don't know their character. You're grieving the spirit. You're grieving the spirit. You're pushing the spirit out of your kids' lives. You're pushing him out of your home. Look at this, every form of malice. Be kind, be kind. Wow, being kind invites the spirit, yes. The chaos of our world today, that the, the, the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. Be kind, be compassionate toward one another. Forgive someone, you're like, I just need some direction. I just need to get to the Holy Ghost headquarters. I need Pastor Jeff to have a meeting with me. I need direction. I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what to do about my business. I don't know what to do about my kids. I don't know why the Holy Spirit's not working in my family. Do you have someone you need to forgive? Do you have someone, because you're tormented while you're hoping they feel tormented. Forgive someone, just as Christ also forgave you. Being relationally unhealthy means to be spiritually handicapped. I'll say that again. Relationally unhealthy equals spiritually handicapped. So we first start by setting an environment for the Spirit of God to move. Second of all, we remember, I'm talking about the practicals here, that the Word and the Spirit always agree. We learned the first week. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit coexisted for all time, before there was time, before there was anything, they existed in perfect unity and harmony. So this is important when you say, I wanna be led by the Spirit. This is why we try to get you experientially engaged in the Word of God. So you can really learn how God thinks. Because when you know what the word says, as the spirit illuminates the word and prompts you, you know you're not being led by a false spirit, you're led by the Holy Spirit because the spirit and the word always agree. They always agree, they're never in contradiction. My wife and I, let me give you all a parenting tip to some of you young families. Your kids come hardwired to get you divided on a decision. When I was a young dad, I'd be like, you know, trying to figure out and work out. Now as an older dad, I'd say, what'd your mom say? It's really made my decision making easier. Dad, will we feel that, uh, what'd your mom say? Cause y'all are gonna leave and I, I gotta be with her. So I'm staying on her team, you're outside the team. You know how many times I've heard, I'm just being led by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will not lead you to gossip. The Holy Spirit will not lead you in an inappropriate way to leave your spouse. The Holy Spirit will not lead you to move in with someone that's not your spouse. The Bible says flee sexual immorality and the Holy Spirit's not gonna change his idea on that. Now human reason will tell you that. I've counseled so many people, well, it's, it makes more financial sense and isn't our money God's and then we steward that? No, 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 you're confused. The Spirit and the Word always agree. Well, we need to get to know each other. Sounds logical to me. Sounds logical. We, just, we, we need to see if it works. Sounds logical. There's only one problem. You're not being led by the Spirit. You're being led by your flesh. Don't call it flesh, Pastor. We're going to move in, but we're not going to sleep together. Okay, I'm a preacher, but I'm not an idiot. 
The Spirit and the Word always agree. Here's the third thing. We listen for an inner witness. I love this verse. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Did you know if you're walking with the Spirit, there'll be an inner witness aligned with the Word of God that even in your conscience, see, when you're being led by the Spirit, your conscience is sensitive. Jesus said that this Holy Spirit that I'm going to leave you, it'll, it'll convict the world of sin. And so when you stay sensitive to him and every time... I'm gonna tell you, being led by the Spirit sometimes means making a hard choice. Sometimes it means denying your flesh. Sometimes it means, man, I really wanna do this, but my conscience or the inner witness, and so, but the Spirit will testify with this new born-again Spirit that you have in your inner witness. I heard about a lady, a lady at Summer Splash, Julie Mullins, I know a lot of you guys weren't there, she said something I thought was very profound. She said in an age where we focus on connecting people to the church, you know, now there's connections pastors. We love to connect here at Milestone. She said, but you don't just wanna be connected, you wanna be committed. And there was a lady who said, man, that really hit me and I know that I have some life experiences and God's done some things in my life that I need to offer to other ladies and she said, I need to get committed. It's interesting, when they would ask me to lead a small group, what I would say is, I can't commit to that right now. Amazing. Business guy in our church, when we were doing Beyond, there was a weekend where there were teenagers all over here and the Holy Spirit and the inner witness said, I want you to give this to that new project so we can affect the next generation. He's like, that's crazy, that's crazy inner witness of the spirit. What do I always tell people when we do capital campaigns, building campaigns, I just say, look, listen to what the Holy Spirit says and do what he says. You know what, he made that commitment, the next year his business exploded. You're like, is that a formula, pastor? No, but I will tell you this, when you consistently obey what the spirit is saying, he provides for what he's calling you to. It is a part of a partnership and a cooperation. Now you go, how are you so easily saying they're led by the Spirit? Because the devil's not going to tell you to commit your life or to give to the church. Okay, look, it's not in the Word. The devil's gonna lie to you. You can be led by the inner witness of the Spirit. Here's the next one, the fourth one. We make room for discernment. That's a spirit gift. There's these spiritual gifts and we pray in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 says, there are gifts. Did you know the Spirit leads us by offering us attributes and characteristics of himself as gifts to us? Charis, the Greek word, giftings. It says these gifts of the Spirit are manifestations for the common good. I brought out one, discernment. Discerning of spirits. Did you know you could go into your business meeting? You could go into a meeting with your children. I can't tell you how many times in raising kids, the discerning, how many of you know, there's always a conversation outside the conversation that's going on. The discerning of spirits. We pray in the spirit. Paul said it this way, what'll I do? I'll pray with my spirit, but also pray with my understanding. He said, there's a prayer language, a communication with the Holy Spirit that's not just praying in your understanding. We all do that. We have a card or a prayer list and we pray with our understanding. But did you know, the Bible actually says when you don't know what to pray, the Spirit is actually making intercession. We are natural people living in a spiritual world. And we have the opportunity to see the overview of the Google map as we begin to pray in the Spirit and believe that the Holy Spirit has supernatural endowments 
to give us to live this life. We don't have to live it in our natural ability because he has supernatural abilities that he will give to us. The fifth one is this, we prioritize trusted voices. I'm talking about how you're led by the Spirit. We prioritize trusted voices. I think this one's underestimated in our culture. Proverbs makes it clear that plans are not frustrated when there's wise counsel present. Did you know when you're led by your flesh, you're not teachable? When you're led by your flesh, you, the heart justifies what the heart wants. And so can I encourage you if you say, I wanna be led by the Spirit. I, I wanna make some better decisions. I wanna, I wanna go with God's direction for my life than being teachable by the great teacher of the Spirit, but also finding trusted voices of people who are led by the Spirit and led by the Word. Let me say it this way too. When you're led by the flesh, you're looking for someone to agree with the desires of the flesh. Make sure the person agreeing with you agrees with the Spirit and the Word. You want people in your life who agree with the Spirit and agree with the Word because the counsel they give you is gonna come from heaven, not your flesh. So trusted voices, that God leads us through that wisdom of the Spirit, and it can really help us so many times because we have a myopic viewpoint. Now let's just sum it up with this. How do I know when I'm being led by the Spirit and not the law and not the flesh? How do I know? How do I really know I'm being led? Well, the Bible tells us in the book of Galatians chapter five, it tells us that the Spirit, when he's leading, produces a certain kind of fruit. So if you plant an orange tree, you get oranges. You don't have to plant an orange tree, get the water, get all this stuff. We studied seeds at the first of the year. You don't have to plant it, water it, and if it has everything it needs, you don't have to get out there and just be like, I pray that it produces oranges. I just hope it does it. And if you pray hard enough, then boom, it produces oranges. No, it does that. The Spirit, I want you to hear it again. The Spirit leads and the Spirit produces a certain kind of fruit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. There's a fruit of the Spirit that comes out of your life when you're led by the Spirit. Let me just hit one of them. Peace. Some of the people that I, I, I tell you, I'm so fortunate to have had people led by the Spirit as good counsel in my life. It's such a blessing to have good counsel. People led by the Spirit. You know what I've noticed about several of the people that I've sought counsel from? They don't make decisions if they don't get peace. See, the world, the culture, and your flesh will drive you. The Spirit will lead you. The Spirit will lead you. And it'll be, and I, I'm telling you, sometimes, did you know, I'm telling you about being led by the Spirit. Sometimes you can be doing something that you're like, I don't know if I even want that. Because your flesh goes, desire, 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 desire. The enemy says, oh, you'll miss out. You better get in a hurry. You better force this. You better, some of the worst decisions I've made is when my flesh drove me out of a fear of lack. If you are led by the Spirit, he's not gonna withhold from you God's best for you. So peace, okay, even when it's a hard decision, even when it's whatever it is, I'm not moving forward without the peace of God, because when the Spirit's leading, he's gonna bring peace into the discussion and the decision. The Spirit's not gonna drive me. Can I, can I offer one more wisdom real quick? 
I've said this for years, not a lot of people practice it. Don't make major life decisions and life-altering decisions in a season of chaos. When you're going through grief, when you're trying to finish this project, when there's a lot of stress in your life, sometimes in the middle of that, we're like, I'm gonna do this. Don't, don't. Because when things are chaotic, you're at the greatest chance of making the worst decision. Let the peace of the Spirit lead you in your decision-making. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna pray for you, then I wanna pray for fathers. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Spirit's leading you to that decision. And you can just simply say, Jesus, come into my life. Become my Lord and Savior. Become my Jesus. I want you to captain my ship. I don't wanna be the leader of my own ship. You just tell him in your own words, wherever you're listening from. I believe you died on the cross, rose from the dead. And I believe you wanna be my Jesus. Come into my heart and my life. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to let us know so we can help you learn how to walk that out and grow in it. But I'm gonna ask right now, if you would, I'm gonna ask all the fathers to stand, wherever you're listening from, wherever you're at, just stand up right where you are. And everyone can look around. I'm so thankful to pastor a church full of so many godly men. Look at all these godly men that are here serving God. As I thought about so many things I could pray over you and you know my life's passion is for you to win in life and win at what matters. And what you do as a dad matters. You'll have some of the greatest influence on your children as anything in the whole wide world. And I'm cheering you on and believe you can do it. But here's my prayer for you based on what we're, we're talking about. You don't have to have it all figured out. Be led by the Spirit. Let's bow our heads. Would you men, where you're at right there, would you pray a dangerous prayer just between you and God? Holy Spirit, I give myself to you. Lead me. Lead me. We hear, I need to be the spiritual leader of my home. You're like, how do I do that? The Spirit will lead you. The Spirit will lead you. He'll lead you to his word. He'll lead you to good counsel. He'll lead you to the way he leads. I know many of you may be even grappling over something, something that's just been at the forefront of your mind and you're like, I... I know I'm supposed to step out in this, but I, I just ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Father, I thank you for these men. I pray your protection, your grace upon them. Lord, I pray that, Lord, as they step out to do what it is that you have uniquely called and wired them to do, I thank you for your spirit leading them every step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.